We're going to start our conversation with Swati Chaturvedi, co-founder and CEO of PropLX. Swati, welcome. Great to see you here. Swati, you need to unmute your line. There we go. Okay. Can you see me? Yes, we can hear you fine. Swati, tell us about PropLX. Okay. How do you work with investors and entrepreneurs? Yes, absolutely. So Propelex is an investment marketplace uh, where we connect startups with accredited investors. And our goal is to um, help startups raise funding online. As you know, it's really difficult for startups to raise funding, especially in the early phases. Um, so our goal is to help there. We focus quite exclusively on deep technology companies. So. Uh, those we define as companies that are founded on a scientific discovery or meaningful engineering innovation. And they span many sectors, including life sciences, you know, energy and green technologies, information technology is a very big sector for us, um, and then finally space and uh, food and ag. Um, so those are the key sectors. How do we work with startups and um, investors? Can you hear me okay? Yes, we hear you just okay. fine. Okay, perfect. Um, so the way it works is um, startups can register on PropelX. They can create a profile. We do have a screening process um, whereby we make sure that the startup is ready to fundraise. Uh, we have a phone call with every company. And those that are screened in are then published on PropelX. On the other hand, uh, we have hundreds of investors that have registered on PropelX at this time, I guess, uh, starting to go into the thousands. Uh, who are, have registered in PropelX, they are accredited investors. Their goal is to discover exciting new companies that they want to support. Um, they register, we do screen all investors as well. Um, investors, once they're in, they can review the startup materials. And if they're interested, they can indicate an investment interest. Um, and they can then invest directly. Now, so, uh, Swati, let's, uh, let's zero in on some things that are going to be helpful for our community. First and foremost, you talked about screening. So let's talk about what are you screening for? What does the startup need to have to um, pass your screening test, let's say? Okay. So uh, there's a lot of platforms out there, and everyone has a different philosophy. At Propelex, we really focus only on companies that are really founded on meaningful innovation. So the number one screen criterion for us is, for us is what is your particular innovation? And so we have a lot of in-house expertise um, in all of these areas. And we dig into, when we have the phone call, we do dig quite deeply into uh, specifically, what was your innovation? We compare it to what we've seen before, what was already on, on uh, the table, and uh, what you built on top of that. So that's the number one criterion. The second criterion is we do need the team to be full-time. Um, and most particularly, the CEO absolutely needs to be full-time. Um, and finally, because we are not a broker, so we are not allowed to be um, to be negotiating terms. So we do require that the startup come in with at least one investor who's already negotiated terms in the current round. And they may have invested a small amount, uh, but that's okay, but they should have negotiated the terms. And 
our our requirement is that this one investor not be related to the entrepreneur, so not your mother or your brother, not friends, family so much, um, but a legitimate angel with two other um, portfolio companies. So those are our three criteria. And within information technology, which is the uh, area where we work, what are the trends that you're seeing in terms of where do you see innovation? What kind of, you know, in our world, we see AI everywhere right now. And I, all the investors want AI, AI, AI. I mean, I'm a bit sick of it actually right now. <laughs> what are you seeing in your community? Yes, so so you're absolutely right. What was big data yesterday? You know, the buzzword today is AI. Um, but we are very careful. Um, so it's not just okay to say, oh, we're an AI company, because we particularly, particularly screen for what is your particular innovation, right? Because data analytics is what most of AI is built on. Um, and some bit of natural language processing and so on. Those things already exist. Um, and so we are very keen that if you are using artificial intelligence, it should be, should either be highly specialized, so as applicable to a specific sector. For example, we've had a company that uses artificial intelligence to select therapies for cancer patients, mm -hmm. right? And the data that you're, they're using is, uh, not just genomic data, but also RNA data. And so they are highly specialized. They really developed it far beyond what exists. Um, we've had companies that are using artificial intelligence to map indoor spaces. Um, and we were a little skeptical on that, but then uh, we had a long conversation as to what your specific innovation is. Um, and we came to the conclusion that this, in fact, is um, innovative. But We've uh, also had AI to, uh, or companies that have faced us, you know, there was one company that helps um, uh, interior decorators select the best, uh, you know, fixtures. That was not a good fit for us. Um, we thought that, so they're really looking at some bit of machine vision. Um, they are scanning a lot of data that exists out there and then understanding what would be the good fit for you. So I didn't think that that was truly innovative just because, uh, you know, those kinds of things have existed um, and uh, for a long time. So so that's our, that's the kind of trend we see. Yes, AI is everywhere, uh, but we zero in on what is your application um, and is it truly innovative. And um, how about some examples of the companies that you have funded through your process within the IT sector? Okay, sure. Um, so, so some of the companies, like I said, um, one of the companies was um, a company that was doing. Um, sorry, just a moment. One is coming. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I was entertaining. My daughter is quite sick today, and so I had to be with her. So some examples of companies. So one of the companies that we helped was they're including a software into chips that are then sent to OEMs like the Samsungs of the world, and which are um, included. So the idea there is um, it is an Internet of Things application, and those chips track um, 
every connected device in the home. And the idea there is that can you understand what the user experience is, why those devices are failing, not working? Is it because of the device itself? Or is it because of internet failures elsewhere or other failures um, in the systems themselves? So that was helpful. Another company that we're doing in information technology, so this is embedded software again. Um, and the idea here is they're focused on gesture recognition. So uh, the goal is that um, they want to make every device be able to recognize gestures. So today, gesture recognition is a computing-intensive process. It is really difficult to um, compute locally a lot of the gesture recognition computing or recognitions actually happen in the cloud. Um, so the idea is, can we reduce the footprint of the hardware and the software so that every tiny device can actually recognize gestures? Um, and that's what they have done, is they've reduced the footprint of the hardware and the software so that uh, it can be embedded on tiny chips. Um, every, every little device, including your tiny, you know, Tiffany watches and so on, will be able to recognize gestures. It could be as simple as your hand movement. It could be based on touch um, and so on. So, so that is an important uh, trend as well that we're seeing, important application. Those are two that come to mind immediately. Then I mentioned mm -hmm. this uh, drug development company, uh, which is using artificial intelligence to develop therapies. And uh, talk a little bit about the types of investors who are part of your community. Um, so all of them are accredited investors. Uh, what that means is, according to the SEC standard, no, every we, investor. We're not interested in knowing what we know what accredited investors mean. We, okay. we want to understand viscerally. What kinds of people are we dealing with? We have a good feel for what kinds of people hang out in AngelList. What kinds of people hang out in PropLX? How would you describe them? Yeah, so the people, so we have done a lot of demographic analysis, right? We certainly know the age groups are, um, and they're 45 plus, but we also know a lot about their education levels. So for example, um, on PropLX, 60% of individuals uh, have master's degrees or more. 13% um, of individuals have PhDs or more. So they're very highly educated people. They tend to ask a lot of questions. Um, Are these people who have had experience as angel investors? Do they, have they done this before? Do they have exits? What, what, what statistical data do you have on that? Yes, yes. So they're, so the people that actually invest, almost 100% of them have done this before. Okay. So, okay. you know, so we are an internet company, so we um, kind of attract all kinds. Uh, but that said, most people are watchers, and the 10% and the of the people who've actually pulled the trigger, they have a very strong correlation with offline angel investment portfolios. Um, mm -hmm. So they tend to have done it before. Um, in terms of exit, we haven't done, we haven't specifically asked, have you had exits before? Um, but because we know that they are professional angels offline, our, our understanding is that they kind of know how this process works, they're comfortable with it, they understand the holding periods and so on. Yeah, your, your business is relatively new, so you haven't seen a lot of exits. Um, yes, know, not yet. Um, one thing that I observe 
is that we are in 2017 and you know tons of stuff have already been built and nowadays if you look at the b2b uh, it world there aren't so many wide open opportunities to build these hyper fast hyper scalable uh, really large companies which is been kind of like the general way angel investment has happened, right? Angels invest and they invest into rounds, uh, well, they invest in businesses that then get follow-on VC funding and go on to build these very large companies. That's been the hypothesis. Of course, you know, most of these investments fail. But, but the truth is that's what people have been looking for. The angels have operated as feeders into VCs and the VCs are looking for these very hyper, you know, very large opportunities, hyper growth, hyper scalable businesses. But today where we are, there are many, many niche opportunities. Some of these businesses kind of don't fit that parameter, that set of parameters that VCs are looking for. Some, some of these businesses need to be built for very small amounts of capital, maybe one to $2 million and sold for 10 to $15 million. Is there appetite in your community for this type of investment? And what about a not smaller, even like invest 250,000 to 500,000 and sell for five to 10 million? Mm. Yeah, so that, um, I would agree that that has been the case, that people look for these mega opportunities. But I'm not sure that angels are of that mindset as well. In fact, um, professional angels and angel groups tend to avoid these mega opportunities where they face, uh, you know, future venture capital competition. Um, and so that is why something like, for example, medical devices, angel investors, which it is not with the venture community, because you can, the expectation is that the exits will be small. They will be in the 15, 20, 30 million range. And that I think is significant. Um, and it, that may be true in medical devices in IT. The, in IT, the uh, expectations are very much that they're going to be feeders into large VCs, and VCs are going to be looking for large-scale opportunities. So I think the, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure the dynamics of different industry angel communities are different. And you're absolutely right, probably, for, uh, when it comes to medical devices, we don't do medical devices, we don't do pharma, we only do IT, where we are actually, we are seeing some angels or some, you know, kind of angel come acceleration groups that are focusing, and, and I know a group that just does AI investments, only invests mm -hmm. small amounts of money, takes a lot of equity, and expects that there will be no VC involved. They're gonna go straight to an exit. So this kind of things are starting to happen now. I think the angels are realizing that, you know, if you get get into a company that is that, let's say it's a good company, you get into a company, it's a good company, but then they feed into the unicorn mania and raise, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars and the angel gets diluted like crazy. And, and you know, weighed down under huge amounts of liquidation preferences, make no money whatsoever. Yeah. So I can't imagine that, you know, sophisticated angels are not aware of these things. What What are your feelings? What are you hearing in your community? Oh, they are. And everyone's very uh, cautious about how much venture capital money will you need after this, right? So I think they totally are. 
but again, I feel like people need to get comfortable with the idea. Look, if you're not going to invest in a company that needs venture capital, or if you're specifically looking for a company that does not need future venture money, then the expectation should be that this exit will be small, and you should be comfortable with that. I think people do have not come to uh, terms with that. You know, the funny thing is they look like for, <laughs> but they don't want you to raise venture money. And that becomes really hard to reconcile. Um, so I would agree. I think there needs to be some education there. Uh, and the more we can do to educate angels, I think that's, that's helpful. And so if that's okay, I'd, I'd love for you to uh, be able to educate them and we can chat more about that. So um, what, um, tell us about uh, types of ideas your investors are looking for that, uh, you know, that's in, within the IT yeah. space uh, that would be helpful for us to look in. So um, there is a big trend of combining hardware with software, right? So robotics is is a trend. It is growing. I think robotics is still hard because it is hardware. But again, there, what is specific to PropelX, you know, is is we do need like some specific innovation. So in in terms of when it comes to IT and specific innovation, would you, um, do you consider, you know, like we're talking about niches, right? There are niches that are open, wide opportunities are not as easily open right now, given where we are in the history of technology. So let's say there is a, you know, a particular sector of cloud computing, and within that, there are specific niche markets that are open where there is a certain amount of innovation that people apply to that. Is that considered innovation in your um, terminology or are you looking for something far more extensive when it comes to original innovation? Yeah, um, so again, it will depend on that particular instance. But yes, we've had companies that are innovating in the sphere of cloud computing. So for example, we had this company um, that it, it's really a containerization for migration of, of data in the cloud. Um, and they had some particular innovations around, around that particular idea. And so we did get them on board. Uh, we've had other companies that look at um, Security in the cloud, for example. So security is, by the way, just, just another important trend. Um, then we had companies which uses artificial intelligence to monitor the performance. And, you know, if you look at things like app dynamics and so on, currently they tell you what's going on, and then you go ha have to take manually take action. Uh, so the next step is can you automatically okay. correct the system, right? Um, and so we've had those companies as well. Um, so I think absolutely we consider that to be innovation. It is innovation, um, but yeah, to confirm that there is that trend and we do see that. Samana, you know, in, Samana, I'm, I'm sure, you know, in, can you just hold on? I feel like I'm not, um, I'm going to run out of power if I may just uh, get the power cord, if you don't mind for a minute. Okay, sure. 
You know, one of the observations that I have about AI um, trends, and, and a lot of people who are in the know in the industry share this observation is that the basic AI technologies, whether it's natural language processing, whether it's uh, machine learning algorithms and so forth, um, are going to become commoditized. And there are large companies, Microsoft, IBM, Google, they're all working on trying to commoditize and kind of make these platforms very easily available and very um, you know, usable um, by people who have domain knowledge in specific domains so that you can apply AI to solve problems within those specific domains. And people who are heavily investing in AI right now are looking for people who are domain experts who are applying that domain knowledge using some of these AI technologies, some off-the-shelf AI technologies even, um, and, and creating new solutions. So the, the reason I bring this up uh, is that the nature of innovation is changing, and the point at which innovation kicks in gear is changing, is evolving. So, um, so that actually brings questions, uh, Swati, for your investor base is that how would they view domain knowledge as the key unfair advantage in a venture, in an AI venture, but the real advantage is not AI algorithms, it is the domain knowledge. And, and I think those are the companies that are going to be valuable companies as opposed to people who reinvent the wheel every time on inventing AI algorithms. Absolutely. So, so that is that is for us key. So, you were asking, you know, how do you screen AI companies? So, one of our screening criteria is what is, and and I guess this is not a hundred percent the screen grade, but one of the things we do focus on is what is the application, and do you have expertise in that in that particular industry? And I think investors do look for that kind of expertise. It is not okay to just be a. a, a programmer, you know, who's very generic. You need to have expertise in that kind of industry, especially in, you need to understand the business, so sales. Uh, in other words, you need to have a team that, that is, knows the industry well enough to sell the solution to the relevant people. And last question, um, what about stage? What are you looking for? Are you looking for idea? Are you looking for customers? Are you looking for paying customers? What stage is the most comfortable stage for you? Yes, and so this is a very important question, especially for our information technology companies. Um, so with other companies, it's okay if you haven't done customer development. But with information technology companies, because uh, they don't need as much capital to get started, um, and so, therefore, it is imperative that you should have done customer development um, in information technology. And what we are seeing is that the companies are, that are successful on Propellex have customers um, and preferably paying customers. So, for example, the company I was telling you about that embeds their software uh, into chips that are then sold or manufactured and sold by OEMs, they had some of the biggest names as paying customers, and they had bootstrapped it so far, and they had gotten the likes of the Googles of the world to become paying customers. So I think that was um, that was just a sign, you know. And the companies that don't have paying customers, um, 
in information technology, it is hard, I think, to raise funding. You know, the, this is the state of the union right now. <laughs> you have to bootstrap for, you know, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, three years to actually get to paying customers before angel investors are going to invest in you. And that's just how the industry is today. There's no going around that fact. No, unfortunately. <laughs> and we had. All right, Swati, I know you have, have uh, yeah, go ahead. And just one more example, we even companies that get venture funded, I, I think VCs are also looking for paying customers. Now, so we had a company, for example, that does video analytics, right? And um, their, their innovation is that they're able to recognize faces in a crowd, which I think is very, very important. Um, and so, they had bootstrapped it. They had three million in sales, and they were looking for their first angel funding. Uh, so they did get the angel round very quickly, and then they also raised the Series A uh, fairly rapidly. But that's a lot of sales uh, for for a small company, and they had been bootstrapping for a while. Well, in our uh, program, the philosophy is bootstrap first, raise money later. So. Uh, we have tons of companies, um, both case studies as well as companies in our portfolio that are that have bootstrapped two, three, four million dollars in revenue, million dollars, two million, three, uh, and and we encourage that because that puts the negotiating power in their hands as opposed to going with begging bulls to investors, and we tend to advise them to try to avoid that state. And of course, we have nonetheless because there is this you know, myth in the industry where entrepreneurs think that they immediately need to raise funding, entrepreneurship equals funding, and they ignore all the signals that that is no longer the case, that no one is going to fund them, and they're going to just waste their time going with a begging bowl to VCs and, and to angels, and they still don't get it, and they still don't listen, and they waste a lot of time and eventually actually go out of business. If you waste your time chasing investors at the cost of chasing customers, you're going to go out of business. And that is just the reality that you have to come to terms with. So on that note, Swati, I will let you go because I know you have a sick child at home. So I, I appreciate that you participated today with all that complexity. So happy juggling. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Nice to be here. Nice to see you. <laughs>